This is the Thank You 72 podcast, brought to you by the Wisconsin Alumni Association. This podcast salutes outstanding Badgers from Wisconsin's 72 counties. Here's your host, Todd Pritchard. Are you tired of winter, ready to shed your heavy coat, hat, and gloves, and think of spring? Then perhaps you're ready for the first pitch of the 2020 Major League Baseball season. You're part of the team sitting in the stands. Come see what's brewing. The Milwaukee Brewers. Opening day for the Milwaukee Brewers is Thursday, March 26th, when they take on the Chicago Cubs. You can thank a Badger for not only returning Major League Baseball to Wisconsin 50 years ago, but for changing and saving the very game itself. Alan Bud Selig grew up in Milwaukee. He earned his degree in American history and political science from UW-Madison in 1956. He served two years in the Army before working for his father, who owned a car leasing business in Milwaukee. That's where Selig got his business acumen. But it was his mother, Marie, who fostered Bud's love of baseball. The Milwaukee Braves moved to Atlanta in 1953. Seventeen years later, Selig bought the Seattle Pilots out of bankruptcy in 1970 and renamed the franchise for the old Milwaukee minor league team, which Bud watched as a child. There have been many magical moments since, including a berth in the 1982 World Series. The one-two pitch, ball lined to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Thousands of people streaming onto the field at County Stadium! It is absolute pandemonium! Selig went from team owner to acting Major League Baseball commissioner in 1992, then commissioner in 1998, a job which he held until 2015. Last year, Selig's candid and colorful memoir, For the Good of the Game, hit bookstore shelves. In that book, he describes inheriting a, quote, nightmare of labor strife, drug problems, and a league whose very business model was about to put baseball as we know it into bankruptcy. Yeah. Have a microphone for you. Yeah, we'll put it. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll put it right here. Nice Take my phone out of there. Right there. In fact, I'll put them both in there. So. All right, let's make sure you're still recording. So where should you and I sit? Right up there. Oh, we should go up there. Well, you tell me when we're ready to go. In September 2019, Selig sat down for a conversation with UW Madison professor David McDonald during a presentation at the Wisconsin Book Festival. Selig and McDonald teach a history of baseball class together at UW-Madison. Question number one, why did you write this book? I felt that some of the things that we had done, like the steroid issue, David, had been not well reported, inaccurately, and I guess being the history buff that I am, I really wanted to write, at least from my perspective, and maybe our perspective, um, what really happened. And so I would hope that this book someday uh, becomes uh, 
uh, standard fare in some history departments, and you and I have talked a lot about that. So I, I uh, that was the real reason for doing it. And um, a couple of years ago, when I was already writing the book, the steroid uh, thing came out, and, and it was so there was so much misinformation, and that's true in a lot of our areas. And I said to myself, if, at least for somebody who had been in the game fifty some years, commissioner for twenty. Two and a half, almost 23. I really wanted to do that. It didn't take long for the conversation to turn to one of Selig's most miserable experiences as commissioner. In 2007, Selig was following the steroid-tainted saga of Barry Bonds as the San Francisco Giants slugger crisscrossed the country on the verge of breaking Hank Aaron's home run record. You'll hear me say this a lot today. Baseball is a social institution. I believe that. I used to talk to the clubs about that at every meeting. And the steroid issue really bothered me. It bothered me for a lot of reasons. And so when, when Bonds was going for the record, and many thought it was because it was Henry Aaron, who has been a lifelong friend of mine, well, since 1958, and close friend to this day. But it wasn't that. Henry understood. Henry and I had a lot of conversations about it. In fact, I told a group the other day, and I would tell you on this 10-day little trip that we went that was painful. Um, I said to somebody the other day, I'd rather have a root canal job than go to on, the, on that trip, but that was it. I was the commissioner and I had to go. And um, Henry called me every single morning from Atlanta just to, and, and people thought that's the reason I was, it was not the reason. The reason was the following. Um, I thought that Barry was a manifestation of this whole situation problem. For some reason, the people in San Francisco loved him to this day. And um, it, that was not true in other places. And Barry's attitude left a lot to be desired. And um, I actually had a pretty good relationship with him for a long time. But he was, um, he was difficult. And so, I remember in San Diego, the night he hit the home run that tied Aaron. And Tom Hicks, who was then the owner of the Texas Rangers, was sitting next to me, and now he hits a home run. The 2-1 on the way. is hit well to deep left. That might be it. Going on back at the wall is Heston. It is gone. Home run for Barry Bonds. Number 755. Ties, one of the finest gentlemen and players of all time, the great Henry Aaron of the Milwaukee and Atlanta Braves and the Milwaukee Brewers. Bonds had already been the left-handed batter with the most home runs in Major League history, and now going opposite way on a fastball that appeared over the left field wall of the 357 side here in Petco Park has tied Aaron. And I reluctantly get up. That's an understatement. And, uh, but he said, aren't you going to get up? And I wanted to say, you know, mind your own business. I guess I'll get up. But that was it. It was just, it was, we solved the problem. Baseball today has the toughest testing program in America. Not only in American sports, but in America. And I'm proud of that for a sport that never had a drug testing program. We went through the cocaine era of the 80s, which was awful. Uh, Pittsburgh drug trials in, that, in those days in 1985 where 29 players were convicted and four went to jail. 
we still couldn't get a drug because of the Players Association. And, um, and they, I don't think they would, I know they wouldn't deny it because they were publicly against it. But so the story had a good ending, but it was a painful 15 years it took, oh, of fighting and arguing and what. But that's why I started with Barry Bonds. You're listening to the Thank You 72 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Day of the Badger. This complete UW experience returns for a second year on April 7th and 8th. So it's time once again to give back, wear red, and stay connected during the celebration of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. By coming together to rally around red and support a UW cause that's important to you, you'll help the university advance its mission and remain a world-class educational institution. Please visit dayofthebadger.org to share in the excitement and make an impact. Now back to the Thank You 72 podcast and your host, Todd Pritchard, Director of Media and Public Relations at the Wisconsin Alumni Association. The legendary Red Sox outfielder Ted Williams liked to tell Bud Selig that as commissioner of baseball, he had the worst job in America. Selig admits that there were some weeks where Williams was right. I remember the day that I was elected after serving as an interim for a long time because I, I didn't sure. I wasn't sure why, uh, if I wanted to take the job. You know, my wife kept saying to me for a couple of years, she was more than a nudge for a while, but um, why won't you take that job? I don't understand. I didn't want to tell her. But again, being a history buff, I knew that the eight people that preceded me either got fired or died in office. You know, I didn't like those odds. The sweeping changes Seelig uh, would bring to the game as commissioner didn't come without its share of high-stakes battles and intense criticism. It is a social institution, as you hear often. And a commissioner is, in the, is really in a position to do things that are, uh, are really meaningful. Now, you, have to, you, know, you learn, you have to learn. To, whatever you do, somebody's going to be mad. No, no matter what you do. Maybe a little bit like your job in that sense. <laughs> whatever you do. And you've got to finally say to yourself, I've got to do what is right. And if the publicity you get is stunning. But I... I Thinking the, yeah, this morning, I looked at the wild card standings. In 1993, when I instituted the wild card, which was the first change that baseball had made in 50 years, oh my God, the criticism was unbelievable. He's ruining the game. This guy from Milwaukee, what is he doing? Baseball can't have a wild card. And. Uh, it was a Bob Costas, whom, whom I like a lot, and uh, he'd be on every Sunday night. He had a radio show, and he'd be killing me. And I, like a dope, listen to him you know, while I'm getting killed. And, um, but it turned out all right. And today, you'd say, where would we be without the wild card? We would be nowhere. People don't like change. Uh, and I'm the same way myself, I, I guess. I, so here we got to a 22-year period where... I knew in 92, we had worst labor relations in America. They hadn't really changed anything since I, as I call it, and you've heard me say this, the Ebbets Field Polo Grounds days, which means there hadn't been changes since the 30s. The economic system was an anachronism, if there ever was one. 
Um, and so things were, I, I knew that we were going to have to make changes. The first one I did was the end of 93 was the uh, wild card. And then we went to a thing. But I knew the biggest change that we had to make was the, were the economics. Because it's true in all sports, but it's true here. I used to say to the clubs at every meeting, it's, our, it's my job and your job to help me provide hope and faith. My two key words, hope and faith. You've heard this a lot. But in as many places as is possible. And so the economic system, I had a blue ribbon committee that I appointed in 1998. Um, Paul Volcker, George Will, Senator George Mitchell, and Rick Levin, who was the president of Yale at the time. And um, by the second meeting, Paul Volcker was big, tall, you remember when he was head of the Federal Reserve, came, knocked on my door, and he said, we need to see you, bud. I walked back in the office, he said, you got a system that doesn't work, 25 clubs can't win. I said, I know. He said, I like you guys, Why? that's why you're here, for God's sake, I know that. And so revenue sharing became, and the whole change in our system became necessary. And I knew that we didn't get it, the, the damage it would do to the industry would be stunning. I mean, we were really in trouble. Losing a lot of money, competition was bad. And um, David Glass, who was the chairman of Walmart, now selling his team, I'm sorry to say, wonderful man in every way, said to me, 20 years ago, and he reminded me of that the other day in a conversation. If you don't make the changes, 10 or 12 of us are out of business, and that included Milwaukee, because that's how desperate it was in 95, 6, 7, and 8. Clubs that just had no chance at all. Now, big market teams such as New York and Los Angeles pay into a pool that is shared by teams in smaller markets like Milwaukee. When it comes to club owners, Selig says he never criticized them. However, he does remember a heated conversation with a general partner from the Texas Rangers. That general partner would become President of the United States, George W. Bush. September of 93. I go in thinking I have all the votes. I was a good vote counter. I learned to do that here. And I am National League voted unanimously. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, this is hard, and then the American League votes eight to six against it, and I'm stunned. And um, so I call a 10-minute break, go to the back of the room, there the culprits are sitting, and um, one of them was going to become President of the United States a few years later, and of course, he would tell you if he were here today, I, I heard more F-bombs in 10 minutes than I'd heard in my lifetime, and, and when, he was right. Uh, they took another vote a minute or two later, and it passed unanimously. And um, so whatever I said and how I said it apparently worked. Um, and he said to me, you know, I don't believe in this, but you have my vote if you need it. Well, we had 29. I later insisted on unanimous votes, 30, 30 votes. But we didn't need it, and... and um, even he would admit today we didn't have a wild card, but that's... 
that's the type of thing that you go through. And you have to know your group. And this is a group of 30 very successful people. All of them have very strong ideas. And all of them who have different agendas. For instance, sitting in that room, David Glass or George Steinbrenner, you know, and you go on and on, we'll probably talk about it. There's a lot of George Steinbrenner in this book. And um, so you have to take that and... One of the jobs, I believe, the most important job of a commissioner is to make sure he gets along with the 30 owners to get the most out of them. That's the, that's the objective. And some of my predecessors didn't seem to understand that. And as a result, that's why four of them died and four of them got fired. Seelig's book is filled with other legendary stories and characters. From the late Yankees owner, George Steinbrenner, who called Seelig's revenue-sharing plan socialist, to the day he cursed out Vice President Al Gore after the Clinton administration backed out of a plan to resolve a player strike. Seelig's book, For the Good of the Game, is a classic American success story, centered around the life of an amazing badger. Thanks for listening to the Thank You 72 podcast. For more interviews with amazing UW alumni, visit thankyou72.org. That's thankyou72.org.